Hey y'all, it's DJ Quay. I'm here live at Hopscotch 10th Anniversary. I'm excited to be here. And I have Animal Weapon right here with me. How you doing? Doing, doing good. And we're going to do a little interview for you here, like getting some insight into the new album. All right. Tell me about it. What, what, what can we expect on this new album? How is it different from the others? Um, so that's kind of that's hard to pin down because I feel like feel like the whole time it's it's been kind of a a struggle of like figuring out figuring out like what the sound is you know um so but i feel like i took some risks on this one like there's you know there's some stuff i played around with that i haven't before i you know got uh did a lot of collaboration um which i've never done before uh there's a couple whole songs that you know i gave like actual you know, co-writing credits out on. So I, I'm usually a control freak with that kind of thing. And, um, you know, this, this album, like the single, know what you are, um, that one, I had a lot of help and, um, I feel like the song's better for it. I kind of just started, you know, thinking of people I know that I would want to, you know, just see what they could do with it. And then it wound up being so much better because of it. So I learned a lot that way. Um, you know, there's some other stuff I experimented with, some sounds I'd never played with before, but I don't know. It feels like it. It feels like it sounds like me, but it feels like kind of the, a logical next thing, like after a progression. That. Yeah. So, like, talk about how you're that, how that feels, like, to kind of like release the control and kind of like let things happen more outside of yourself. It's tough because, like I said, I'm a huge control freak. So, I mean, part of the reason it took. Uh, it took so long. It took about three years. It came out in in May, um, and uh, that was after about three years of work. And part of that was just because I was so set on fine tuning every little bit of it. And I mean, I, like, I'm never gonna be happy with all of it. Like, you just you just aren't. Yeah, you're never gonna be happy with everything in case you don't get everything you want. No, so, but it still sounds great. And how many releases does this make? Because like you. This animal weapon has a lot of music out there that a lot of people don't know about. So uh, this is this will be like this makes the third like major release, right? So I have I did a an EP a couple of years ago, and then a couple of years before that I had another full length album. So two albums and an EP, and then you know like some one off stuff in between there, some remixes, but you know these are like the kind of the big, the bigger bodies of work. So yeah. Talk about like the undisclosed podcast, you know, about, you know, the case of Adon Saeed and your connection with them, like writing more like atmospheric type of music. Yeah, that stuff was fun. Um, You know, I haven't uh, I haven't actually had to contribute anything uh, for for a while now to that to that show. Um, As far as I know, I think they're they're still uh, using some of my stuff on there. Um, But that was that was cool that all just happened like over twitter um i kind of noticed that like that they were very hands-on on twitter and uh i saw that like rabia was really good rabia chowdhury is the, the host um and she i saw that she was really good with uh you know just responding to people on twitter so jeez, i guess about four years ago now i like kind of just you know took a shot and i was like hey you know free music if you want it and so i heard back and you know the next thing i know they're like 
you know, having me write extra new stuff and rework theme songs. And that was cool. It was a really cool experience. Seems like you learned a lot from that experience. Yeah, that was so it, that, that, that whole thing was different. It was, it's so much different from uh, writing for like an album because there's you're not emotionally connected to this stuff. Not not the same way anyway. Like you're you're not emotionally. It's not your baby. And so you kind of you kind of understand your role and you're like, well, this just has to be good background music. Like it can't inherently be too good. Like you don't want it to draw attention to itself too much. Right. So, you know, you kind of just get with a mood and then go for it. And I mean, you know, I only wrote probably a handful of pieces for it. A lot of the stuff that's on the show is stuff is like older stuff or there's a couple of cuts from like my first record. There's like a really, really old track that wound up working out well for the soundtrack. And then, you know, a few years ago, we released a soundtrack for that. That was cool. So. Yeah. So did that like teach you anything that kind of like impacted the album that we're going to hear now? Um, I think maybe just the overall experimentation, I think. Um, I don't know. It kind of got me... It's good practice and like it's good to it's a good way to keep yourself sharp because when you're like when you're so focused on one goal, it's good to keep working but do something that just feels like it has lower stakes. And I mean the podcast was great, but you know, the the stakes were a lot lower because I didn't have to, you know, tie it to all this like personal stuff or, you know, it wasn't going to be like the next bunch of stuff that I was going to be playing at shows for a couple of years. So it was kind of fun to just like, you know, bang something out in an afternoon. Um, and that kind of kept me sharp for when I did get back to the album, you know? So it sounds like you was in like different places and then you had to transition for the album. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard to kind of shift gears. I will say that like that was, that was weird. Um, because I'd be like in the middle of working on one thing and then I would have to go do a, a track for, undisclosed and it would be a completely different mindset and i mean it's it's all you know still creative work but they're just they're they felt like completely different things but they kind of informed each other you know so yeah yeah, yeah. so you're on the label of poly polychromatic, polychromatic records yeah polychromatic rep- records it's a start about a raleigh right yeah so scott is uh scott that's kind of scott's baby and i guess i'm just gonna be like the uh the first artist on the roster there. So that's, you know, we released the last two records under that. Um, and uh, it's going to be kind of more, I guess, focused on, you know, more like electronic synth driven kind of stuff. Um, weirder stuff. Yeah. So I, I will probably, I, hopefully I'll wind up being like the least weird on it. I'd like to see, you know, so a lot less like poppy stuff. Oh, okay. So, so that's take note, Scott. <laughs> so that's what you would like to see. That's, I mean, yeah, if it were up to me. That's interesting. Scott's baby, though. So, past this album, are you going to look to experiment more? Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got a couple of ideas that I want to play around with, and I might even try releasing something new under, um, like, like releasing something under a different name. Um, I've got a couple people that I want to work with, uh, some friends that I've always been meaning to 
write music with. Um, I'd like to get better at collaboration. And, you know, like I said, the, the album was like a good kind of jumping off point to be less of a control freak. Um, and, but I, I still, you know, I was still like pretty much in charge there and I'd like to be in a situation, um, where I'm not totally in charge and like I at least you know somebody else has like at least you know 50 50 input and you know I don't know I have no idea how I'm gonna handle that like I might lose it entirely but <laughs> I think you're gonna do okay all right we'll see yeah and so what, what is the name of the album again the album is called Tyrannosaurus Tyrannosaurus why is it named that you know it kind of just I as I was working on the title track it just kind of it sounded it, the title track is really aggressive uh and i kind of i kind of wrote it to be like kind of bratty and i i that's something i really hope like nobody misses on on this record there's a couple songs on there that kind of i don't know I kind of intentionally wrote to be just be kind of bratty and i don't know if that's i don't know how that's going to land i still don't know how people have receive that or if they you know if it comes off as like trying too hard but like it, it was meant to be like yeah, kind of tongue-in-cheek um but that uh you know it sounded aggressive and it just kind of popped into my head about two years before it came out and i stuck with that i was like nope that's the title <laughs> is that th- is that in the same spirit of your actual name animal weapon you know, I didn't think about that until way later, but it, I didn't really think of it that way. But, I, I mean, I guess it fits better, right? So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, how long have you been playing music? I've, so... Like, live or... Both. Okay, so I started, I started playing guitar when I was 12, 13. And I probably plateaued at that by the time I was, like, 15 or 16. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I started doing acoustic gigs when I was probably 19. Uh, and then that wasn't, that wound up not being as fun as I'd hoped after a while. Um, and I started trying to like get some bands together, but, you know, at the time, like everybody I knew was in college and, um, I was going to school too, uh, at least like part time, and it was hard to get everybody's schedules together and all aligned enough to even be able to do a weekly practice, let alone even think about getting you know a show together or anything that required like a commitment. So, you know, eventually, uh, at some point, I kind of just said screw it and started. At, at that point, I was just starting to play around with like kind of more electronic stuff. And I was like, I did uh, this track, Mexican Standoff, which wound up being the first song that came out um, kind of as an experiment. And it's funny looking back, I keep forgetting that I was going to call that like my side project to <laughs> my to my uh, acoustic like coffee house stuff. And I never went back to the coffee house stuff. So <laughs> that was because this was I don't know. It was more fun. You fully embraced that that side. Of yeah. I mean, it was just once I got once I got about uh, most of the way with finishing that track, I was already like, okay, well, clearly I have to do another one after this. And then 
it was not very long at all that before I was working on an album, it was like, okay, this is the main thing now. And I kind of completely forgot that it was supposed to be a side gig. (laughs) Then you eventually found Scott, right? So yeah, uh, Scott, this was all happening while I was going to, uh, school at, um, at living arts college. Um, don't ask me about Living Arts College. Uh, Scott was my uh, professor, uh, and uh, I think he was teaching a couple different classes that I took, and I think one of them was a, was a design class. And uh, I don't know. I think he, you know, it, it, we just kind of started talking about music at some point, and I think he was kind of just like, you know, well, what do you make? And he started listening to it, and I guess he liked it. I remember he actually, while I was still... Uh, going to school, I think he um, came to one of my shows uh, and seemed like he was really into it. And then we kind of connected again, like a, a little while later, a year or so later after I got out of school. And uh, you know, the rest is kind of the rest is kind of history. Well, it seems like you, you guys are going to be making history tomorrow at the. Hopscotch Day Party. That's, uh, yeah, that's going to be really, really fun. I'm super excited about it. Um, we've got a lot of, uh, there's a lot of really good acts on the bill. Um, I was more of a, a later addition to it, but, um, you know, so was uh, Body Games is going to be playing. Um, that's always a really, really good show. Um, S.E. Ward, I'm drawing a blank on a lot of the other artists, but uh, Foxture is going to be playing and they are uh they're really really good friends of mine uh, we do a lot of shows together uh and uh, we kind of have band crushes on each other um if that makes sense we've got there's a pretty intense bromance going on there um i don't think i'm talking out of turn here <laughs> but yeah it's always good to see those guys uh they played it on uh monday night over at um neptunes so it's a Always good to see them. I had them open up my uh, album release show back in May. That was fun. So I'm excited to be uh, playing with lots of talented artists and, you know, friends. So, How's it feel to do shows like that? It's awesome. So, like, day parties in particular are really weird because, I mean, you know, it's Thursday afternoon and you should be at your day job and everybody else should be at their day job. And instead, you are playing a show and everybody's drunk. And there's actually a turnout. <laughs> and that's, that's the weirdest part of it. Is, and then that's just at the venue that you're at. And you kind of know in the back of your mind that you might get more foot traffic at any moment because a bunch of other ones are going on at the same time and somebody could just wander in. You know, Most of the day parties are free. So, um, you know, that's... I don't know. It's always... Day, day shows are, are a really, really weird experience, but it's really, really fun. It's always a strange day, but it's always a really fun day. Okay, where would you rank, like, the types of shows you do? Like, so day parties might be, what, three? <sighs> there's, not, it's, there's not even a way to rank them, right? Because, like, it kind of de- it depends on the venue and the mood that you're in and that particular night. Like, I think my, probably my default favorite thing to do is just, like, shows over at King's. Um, but you know, I've also played, you know, I've played shows out of town where there was hardly anybody I knew there. And those have been amazing. Um, 
you know, one of the best sets I ever played was in um, was in Winston Salem, actually with Foxture for their uh, EP release, and you know that was outdoors at this really cool uh, art park, and we had to like hire our own sound guy. It was wasn't an actual proper like venue. So it kind of just depends on how the show goes and, you know, what mood you're in and what mood the crowd's in. And there's a, there's a lot of variables. It's hard to rank that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, all, it's all about the feeling and all yeah. the emotion. Yeah. 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 How's it feel to be here? Like right now, hopscotch to 10th anniversary. This is, it's so cool. I'm really excited about this weekend. Um, it's an awesome lineup. Um, I think I'm most excited for Fanagram on Saturday. They're, one of my favorite bands i've i've seen them a few times now and i like i will never miss a chance to see them so to have them here for hopscotch is really really cool right right and remind people again when is the album coming out i mean albums albums been out album you could get it on uh spotify and uh itunes all that stuff all the streaming platforms have it uh or you can get it from uh the website from me directly animalweapon.com also find you on polychromatic.com as well yeah so yeah ladies and gentlemen that was the this has been animal weapon we're still here live at wknc i mean we're still live at hopscotch and i'm dj quay and that was animal weapon please check out his music and we're gonna keep it going that was Animal Weapon with Know What You Are. My apologies for the awkward uh, transition. <laughs> you're good, man. I completely really apologize because I missed it because you said that Fox Chirp was at your uh, May release party, and I didn't make that connection to my head yeah. when it comes to the album. You're talking about this recent album. So, yeah. Tell me about the creative process in making this song. So that one was really fun. Um, I don't totally remember how it started. I think probably drums first. Um, I feel like drums probably came first. I knew I needed something upbeat closer to the start of the record. And I know, I knew that that was probably going to sit closer to the beginning. It wound up being a third track. Um, but I knew at that point I kind of wanted to open the record up with like a, you know, something kind of ambient that builds up. And then a couple songs that would be kind of more like a punch in the face. And I, that one wound up being that. Um, as I got further along into it, uh, I was, I kind of got stuck, I think, on the, on the hook. And that whole, that whole song was kind of built around that, you know, that line. I don't think you know what you are. Actually, let me backtrack. I think the drums were probably what I did first, but I remember being at a friend's house and that line and, you know, the melody, everything, even the harmony, like, popped into my head. And I knew I had to write everything around that. I kind of generally had the idea that it would have what basically wound up being those drums. That's probably what I laid down first and then probably bass. At a certain point, I got stuck on how to write the chorus and what like musically should be going on so at a certain point i kind of um i picked my friend uh alex he's a good friend from new orleans and we kind of have bonded over uh surprise surprise nine inch nails i mean i feel like that song probably has a fair bit of that 
influence on it. Um, and I kind of kicked it over to him and I was like, do you want to just play around with this and see if you come up with anything? Because I don't, I feel like the chorus needs something else going on in there and I don't know what it is. So he's like, cool, I'm going to mess around and just go nuts for a couple of days and I'm going to send you back everything I do and you can use it or not, but like I'm going to, I'm going to go wild. So he sent me back some stuff and I mean, I think he did most of this stuff in GarageBand. And I garage band. garage band. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of it, I'll have to find out for sure, but I want to say a lot of it was garage band on his phone because wow. he, so his computer was out of commission for a little bit and he was kind of relegated to just being like, well, I've got to do like something. So he was just kind of playing around with the, uh, the garage band app on his phone and, sending me all this this work that he had been doing around the time and i was like you did this on your phone dude and he was like yeah at the bar like <laughs> i can imagine alex just chilling at the bar and yeah, just like, like working on music just working hard. and like i don't know for sure if he worked on it at the bar i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to tell t- tales out of school um so but he you know he did a, a at least a fair bit of that just like on his iphone um he sent you know i had him send me back audio and midi stuff and some of the stuff that he did uh midi i would shift over to other instruments some of it i kept as just straight audio exactly how he sent it to me barely even touched it in the mix um because a lot of it already sounded like just really good and fit very well into the space that was kind of open um so and then at a certain point uh you know i knew because the first thing i came up with in my head was like the harmony um i wanted to try getting i was gonna sing it myself but i also wanted to try having backup singers i was like all right we're already collaborating uh with alex here and so i asked uh my friend joy to sing backing vocals um and she came over and got all of those done in like one night i'm pretty sure um, and then my friend James, who I've pretty much only heard sing ironically. I've never heard him, like, <laughs> belt something out. But I just, like, I had a feeling. And I knew that this would be perfect for him. So I, you know, had him come over one afternoon and, you know, uh, showed him the spots that needed it. And he, James got every one of his takes Every one of his parts, I think there's like maybe three different parts that he had to do. And he did every one of those in like three takes or less. It was insane. Like he was, his timing, his pitch was spot on. Um, There was one harmony that he does right near the end. uh, And it was, you know, he would that was the first part that he did and he kind of jumped in there and he's like, I have a harmony in mind. Let me do something. And I was like, okay. So he belts it out and I hadn't thought of that one and it was perfect. And it's that, that last harmony right near the end. And then there was another part um, that I didn't even, I didn't ask him to do it, but it was in my head and he just did it. Like, and I I had been kicking around whether or not I was going to ask him to do this other, this other harmony part. And then he just goes and does exactly what was in my head. So that was a really cool experience. Um, just having somebody get in there and like, yeah, just like just take you, just go for it. And yeah, without, I mean, with, you didn't even say anything. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. I didn't have to say anything. It was awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so everybody kind of contributed the, their own little thing. Like Alex wound up giving me a bunch of cool stuff back that um, I actually, you know, I wound up using in the chorus. And then it became the, the synth solo in the middle. Like, honestly, I feel like Alex gave me enough for this song that uh, I wound up, you know, crediting him as a co-writer, which I've never done before. Uh, and then Joy and James each kind of, you know, brought their own little unique thing to it. And yeah, that's one of my favorite things I've done. Yeah, I can even I can I can kind of hear that, you know, little tension of like you have to let go a little bit. Yeah. And so I I can see that it was tough to like let go and just kind of like let other people kind of like into your kind of creative bubble. Yeah. And into that process, but it made for beautiful music. Well, thanks. I I'm super proud of that one. Yeah. So this next song, fourth quarter. Yeah. Tell me about it. Um. Honestly, like for most of these songs, I kind of prefer to just let them uh, speak for themselves. This was this one was an earlier song, um, and I remember, gosh, it was probably probably the second or third uh, song that I got started working on. And I think by the time I had that one and like one or two of the other ones going, I knew that. I, I knew I was starting to get a general idea of, uh, of where the record was going. Um, but that's, I, I feel like fourth quarter is, uh, one of the best tracks on there. Um, and production for that one took a while. I kind of sat on it for a little bit while I kind of fine tuned what I wanted it to be, but you know, I'm super proud of that one. Super proud of the work yeah. you've done. And it's beautiful music. And I, um, wish you the best of luck. And Thanks, man. You, you can see Animal Weapon tomorrow at, at the Hopscotch Day Party. That's uh, the Wicked Witch. Witch. Yeah. Yeah, Wicked Witch, 401 West South Street, Raleigh. And it's a free show. Yeah. So please come out and support. And we got more Animal Weapon on the way, but I know you have to go. Yeah. So fourth quarter by Animal Weapon. Thank you for this great interview. Thanks a lot, man.